Today we play golf. Let me show you how we do it in the pros. Welcome to Behind the Golf Brand Podcast. I never miss with the 7-Iron. A conversation with some of the most interesting innovators and entrepreneurs behind the biggest names in golf. My friends were the golf clubs. I lived on the golf course. I lived on the driving range. From Pro Talk. You should learn something from each and every single round you play. To fun from on and off the green. Why would you play golf if you don't play it for money? Just let me put the ball in the hole. This is Behind the Golf Brand Podcast with Paul Liberatore. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Behind the Golf Brand podcast. This week, I have my good friend Matt Mahoney from Clinch Golf. Clinch Golf is a golf club brand that has recently come out in the last couple of years. It's a new type of technology and a new type of glove, which you're not really seeing because a lot of gloves out there are been around for 100 years and they fall apart all the same way. So it's really kind of cool to have Matt on the show, talk about what they're doing, how they're different, and why you should check them out. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. Good to see you, bud. So where are you located? I am joining you from sunny Portland, Oregon today. Nice. Is it a nice day out there? looks like it's a nice day out there. It, it is. Yeah, it's lovely. It's like always nice in Portland. Is it, when is it ever not nice in Portland? Well, six months of the year. We have six months of oh, guaranteed really? weather, and then we have six months of rain. So when's the rain season? Like what months it is that? Starts. It probably starts mid to late October. And then it goes until April? Yeah. It rains and rains yeah. and rains. April, May, sometimes through July 4th. Does there ever snow there? Yeah. Uh, we usually get one snowstorm a year comes we get about an inch of snow chaos chaos in the city uh like, what we do? and then it melts by noon my uh, that's like what is in arizona we get like one rainstorm and everyone gets like oh what do we do it's rain like i don't know how to turn windshield wipers on i want to drive yeah. super slow on the street it's like dude it's rain like come on yeah. now did you grow up in oregon i did not i'm originally from burlington vermont where we have considerably oh, that's, more snow. that's really far from where it how is did you far, get to my- oregon well, my my wife is from Portland, so I usually don't need to explain oh. much further. But the, there you go. The, the sidebar to that is you can play 12 months of golf in Oregon, and you certainly can't do that in New England, where I came from. No, it's like it's yeah, like you like what three months maybe four if you're yeah. lucky. Yeah, yeah, that, that might be a like, little extreme, but yeah, five five good months and that's it. From like what like June to maybe early October. Like yeah. September. Yeah. It's like everyone's like, oh, you live in Arizona. You can play golf all year round. I'm like, mm, yeah, you can. But it's like really rates don't go down now until the middle of May. And so you have May, June, July, August. And it's like a thousand degrees outside. So you can play cheap golf, but it's so hot, like you're dying. And then they reseed in October. So you can't play golf in October. And then it's like rates go five times as much the rest of the year till like May again. But I yeah, guess I'll give you the true now. origin story of how I wound up in Portland we were living in New England. My wife wanted to move home to be near her family. And I came on a trip in February and I snuck in a trip to Bandon Dunes with some friends. Uh, and that's what, that's what sealed the deal for me. Really? You're like, no. oh, wait a minute. This is, yeah, if this I can is, do this in February, I consider living here. Yeah. All right. So are you a golf professional? I am not. No, I am a, just a golf, a, avid golfer. What's your handicap? I am a 7.5. So you're good, dude. Yeah, Man, you know, I'm a, this, is I'm my, a this is my line. This is what I say to people. I say, if you if you suck at golf, you probably think I'm really good. But if you're really good at golf, you probably think I suck. That's I true. That's bad. very true. It's all perspective. Like, I never really had my handicap until like a year ago. And I'm like, I'm really going to figure this out. And I was terrible, like a lot worse than I thought I was. And then like I was a 24 and then I started practicing a lot and started getting lessons and I got the right clubs, you know, the right length, the whole nine yards. And all like now I'm like I'm a 15, 16 right now. 
I want to get down to single digit, hopefully by the end of the year. I don't know if it's going to happen, but that's my goal at least. Yeah. Or I'll do it next year. I don't know. It's just, it's possible. It's all about short game, I feel like, really. If you can dial in yeah. your short game, yeah, that hurts. That certainly helps, yeah. How'd you get into golf? Like, did your family play a lot of golf or did your dad or what's the story? Yeah, I grew up, my dad did play golf and attempted to get me into it when I was young, but it didn't really click for me. Um, you know, I learned to swing a little bit, but what's just into other sports. And it was really in my, my post-college years when I finally had some money coming in and some free time that uh, I started golfing and had a good, good crew of buddies that were, got into it at the same time and, and really caught it, caught the bug for it then in my you know sort of early to mid 20s so you you grew up in vermont right so like did I, you I did. you didn't play did you play golf like on the golf team or you just kind of barely played and you're like oh, this isn't my sport really i don't really care i played for i played one year of golf my senior year on the golf team but you know i was not i was not a good golfer and uh the, the golf team you made was, the team bro that's cool like i yeah the, making the team men show up showing up in the cafeteria and, oh that was like ours. i was like bro my high school like ches Reeve went to my high school like like it was like my, my my dad was like you need to practice more i'm like nah i got this i got this and then i got just i was yeah. like okay yeah i gotta really take this seriously and i'm like i don't want to do that so whatever i wish i did the that. only claim to fame that. from my high school golf team is that um friend of mine, Laddie Klein, we call him Laddie the Caddy, is now full-time on the PGA Tour um, and has made a living of it. So we're proud of him. Oh, that's cool. So you grew up in Vermont. Did you, where did you go to college? I went to Champlain College, which is in Burlington, Vermont. And then what's your background? Like, what did you, what did you get your degree in? So uh, business. business marketing, yeah. And uh, I've, I've, you know, sort of boringly, I've worked in banking most of my career. Uh, which is, you know, uh, you, you get, my wife you get does that. Okay. Keep That's promoted, yeah. When you got out of college and like, what were you doing for banking marketing, uh, you know, or just business development started entry level. Um, but I'll, I've always done a few things on the side as well and try to scratch the entrepreneurial itch. Uh, but like what, like what was your first, what was your first entrepreneurial thing you did? Uh, well, I, I flipped a couple of houses with, with some friends cause that was the trend back in or the early 2012. 2000s. Yeah. yeah, 2010. Like, Actually, no, like, like 2005, 2006. Yeah. That was, you could make some good money doing flipping. I attempted to yeah. found a, a wristwatch brand. Uh, really? I never went anywhere in Flounder, but it was a big learning experience for me. So tell me about that. So like, how did you even like come up with that idea? A friend and I had read an article about someone else that had done it. And we became convinced that that we could emulate their success. And we put a bunch of time and the few bucks into it and uh, got a bunch of product and created a you know, you website and whole story behind oh, it. Oh, hold on, hold on. So where do you get this product you. from? Like overseas? Like some, some, like what? Yeah. 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 You can, you know, you can source anything from overseas if you. Yeah. Hard enough on Alibaba. And then you're like, so how many did you order when you first got your watches? Oh, I forget. Like, you know, 1500 watches or something like that. Oh, took Jesus, a, that's took so a bite off. Yeah. So how do you and, try to sell them on your website, or do you try, like, yeah, I try to sell them on my website with no real, you know, this is this is back in two or two thousand eight or so, you know, like back before there were any sort of tools. There's no Shopify, it's like a WordPress site, existed, or like, but there was no tools geez, to market it. There was no, um, you know, there was no uh, meta to run ads on, and so we just, uh, yeah, came to a grinding halt and liquidated our inventory. So, but good. Hey, good, good see, like I feel like that's yeah. like I love hearing these stories because it's just like how like. I feel like how you build, right? Like you get, you learn something from that. Okay. And then you tell the next one. Oh, I learned something from that. And like, 
you might lose money, you might win money, whatever, not win, but like make money and you kind of get to the right product. And that's the hard, I think it's the hardest part, right? Like figuring that, that process out. Yeah. Yeah. So what else? Okay. So you get a wristwatch company. Then what happened? What else you got? Oh, well, then, you know, back to banking and, uh, <laughs> you know, starting a family and just, you know, grinding it out for, for several years of just, uh, you know, being a career man. So then what, year did you guys move to Oregon? Uh, I moved to Oregon nine years ago. So that would have been around 2014, 14, I believe it was. 13, 13 or 14. And then at that point where you, that you had already kind of bit the bug and you're saying like you went to Bandon and you were like completely blown away by it. And you're like, Whoa. I was blown away by it. Yes. And uh, most That's people in there would understand. It's just, uh, it's a golf paradise. Why? For the people who haven't been there. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, there are now uh, five, you know, you know, terrific courses that are all, first of all, they're so distinct and different from the typical golf we play in the States, but they just create this unique experience. It's, you know, it's in the middle of nowhere. It, uh, Portland is the largest metro area to it, but it still takes me four hours to drive there. Um, really? It, that far? Truly, it's truly that. remote. Yeah. Uh, but when you get there, it's, you know, it's turnkey. You can park your car. They shuttle you everywhere. Um, you're just totally taken care of. You're immersed in golf. Like it's 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 not a resort with, you know, like you pools have, and kids running around. You know, like everything. All golf related. Um, but there's fantastic when you're not playing golf. There's fantastic golf amenities. They've got the Punch Bowl, which is a giant putting green with severe undulations and a mobile really? bar cart, so you and your crew can um, set up there. Oh, you know, good. put a few bucks on the putts, and uh, there'll be. You know, in the in the afternoon, if it's a sunny day, you'll have just hundreds of people out there. Um, you know, have having a few few. Uh, How big is this putting green? Like honestly, I mean, massive. I mean, like uh, huge. Like you know, I, I don't. I'm not great. Like a football field. Great. Like a, at least as big as a football field. Yeah. For yeah. reals? Holy massive. crap! Yeah, it's got two 18-hole courses, and when I say they undulate, I mean it's like a carnival ride you know your ball slides you know can be a triple breaker and it's but it's 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 a lot of fun i say like yeah i want to go so bad dude i have no idea i just gotta i gotta do it i want to do it like it's it's on my bucket list of courses to go play hopefully yeah. next year or so you move you move into portland and then what were you still working in banking when you decided to start clinch or like what did you do yeah, I was working in banking, and uh, that's exactly what I was doing when I decided to start Clinch. Was it a side? Was it like a side thing? I guess another, it was. Like another side yep. business. Yep. Uh, early. So then, how did you how did you start that? I guess the origin is really my started with my dissatisfaction with leather gloves. Um, I I just you know basically in any condition, I think leather gloves. My opinion is that they they feel great you know out of the envelope when you put them on, but um, they They've got a number of flaws, um, you know, that they don't react well to moisture. They don't stretch back. They wear out way too quickly. And so it occurred to me. They dry out. They dry out. They turn into beef jerky. You know, they they feel great at the beginning. Around, but, uh, yeah. You know, if you get a little bit of sweat, a little bit of moisture um, from rain or a frosty beverage or whatever it may be, um, they they just don't work. <laughs> they don't work as a gripping material any longer. And they don't and they and they're slow to dry out. So there was a host of issues with them. And I just kind of became convinced that there was in this age of like modern performance materials where everything we have like stretches and wicks and, you know, uh, is antimicrobial. There's just, 
there had to be a better material to make a glove out of is, is what set me off on this journey. So what year was that when you started thinking about that? That was like early pandemic era, era so about three years ago. So you, were you playing more golf during the pandemic? Yeah, I'd like? say I was. Yeah, it was it was lovely. No, it, was, it wasn't a lovely time, but it was lovely time. <laughs> because, it was uh, a lovely time of know, year. Work was, you know, remote and and you're in banking. So like, yeah, there were a couple of crunch times where there was a lot going on and the golf courses were, you know, remained open and it uh, they were crowded. But I was I was super grateful to have that as a as an outlet because a lot of people didn't have anything positive to do during that time. So. All right. So you you, you realize there was a problem or you felt there was a problem. Yeah. Um, which I don't disagree. And so like, how did you bridge that gap? Like, I mean, are you you're in banking, so you're not a designer yeah. by trade, right? Yeah. So like, how did you go about doing that? What so that's really where um, serendipity comes in. I met my now business partner. Um, his name is Jason Del Sedato, And I met him through golf and kind of shared my my frustration with leather and shared my idea with him. And he was a guy that that uh, first of all he agreed with me um, and and shared the same experiences with leather gloves, and he was also a guy that was able to to kind of make the product happen. So then, how'd you meet Jason? I just met him through just playing in a local golf club. Playing golf? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. So you, you guys like you like so you met him at a golf course or just like or what? Or yeah. Just like your crew yeah, we we met up and then we had our kind of first business meeting at a you know he lives in Portland as well. We're on the opposite side of town, so we picked a neutral ground coffee shop and I, I came equipped with my ideas and we met for about an hour and a half and we determined that we had a path forward. So it was, it was pretty great. So what's Jason's background? So Jason's background is in product development. So he worked for Nike previous to, to the clinch gig for over a decade. Prior to that, he worked for Burton snowboards. He has just developed a lot of products. Um, he worked for uh, Nike basketball and skateboarding um, and has just expensive, extensive experience working with different materials, working with the factories that that can, um, you know, make those materials, put those, bring those materials wow. to life, and just knew a lot about, you know, what properties we needed, and and frankly had the connections to get us samples and and uh, get start, it going right, like testing. get the knowledge of the product, yeah. or get the knowledge of the materials, and could actually get samples made and know who to go to. Yeah. I mean, that's huge, right? Because I think that's yeah. a big gap that always has to be filled because people think like, oh, like like Matt and I were talking before the show, like I did gloves once. That was a terrible mistake because they sucked, you know? But like if you're new to something like this, like you don't know, like you just try to, you know, you try, like, I don't know, it's hard. It's it's especially yeah. hard. Yeah, I guess we, one, one oh, go ahead. I was, I was just, sidebar, be, before I met Jason and I was exploring this idea, I went to a like apparel manufacturing course that exists here in Portland. And, you know, there was a bunch of, you know, various women that idea had ideas for designer lines or whatever. And so I, I talked to my idea about gloves and the reaction I got was like, Ooh, do you know how hard it is to sew a glove? The, the idea of, you know, doing it as a DIY, DIY project uh, was, was out the window there. So I really needed someone that had the connections to get one made. Yeah. Gloves are, gloves are tricky. So did you like bring it up while you guys were playing golf once or something? Like seriously? How, yeah, I mean, just yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I I brought it up with you know it was a everybody would listen. <laughs> it was a freaking complaint of mine. Yeah. <laughs> Man, this club sucks. I wish somebody was a new design. Oh, I don't design. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, I mean, you see people that you know have the you know 
you know. Oh, yeah, riff right here in the palm. And you're yeah, on, you I've, seen box, or I've seen people on the driving range before they even tee off and they've got half a hole worn there. Um, that and by the time they're the fifth hole, it's like completely ripped and now it's complete trash. Yeah, yeah. So grip and durability are really, you know, the, the core of what we were trying to solve for. All right. So then you guys start this up going in what, 2020 during the pandemic? Yeah, like well, we, we worked on it for, forgive me, because my my recollection of what year is what is, is fuzzy coming out Dude, of the that, like I feel like the pandemic is like a black hole. Like, I cannot do math. Yeah. Like, I have, like, thoughts pre-2019, like, oh, yeah, it was 2018, whatever. Yeah. 2020, 2021, I remember anything. But uh, we launched we launched the product in May of 2022. So we're just over a year old now. But we worked on it for... I'd say approximately 18 months, nearly two years before we, before we launched. And so then during that time, like, what were you guys trying to do? Like, what, what well, like- the first thing we did was we, we, we got, we connected with a factory that makes gloves for um, some other brands. And so they had some, we, we knew they had the technical capabilities um, and we provided them with a list materials that we, we wanted to test out. So, First, they sent us swatches, and then we reviewed, you know, I don't know, dozens of swatches and materials, and we sort of felt them by hand and tested them with, you know, for qu- how quickly they dry or whatever. And then we had, we sent them several, several different iterations that we wanted them to sample for us. And so the factory worked with us and did some sampling. And uh, we, we went to work. We had some friends who were like-minded, and we, we did a bunch of testing, and we had spreadsheets and, you know, questions and answers and lots of stuff. And we kind of landed on a material that we liked. Um, and then sort of simultaneously, we were looking for an actual designer that could design the glove for us. And so we here in Portland, we, we live in sort of a hotbed of footwear and apparel business. So we we found fortunately local um, who worked for another, let's just call it major company in town here. Um, who was They make shoes. To- uh, yeah, they do make shoes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Really good who was willing, you know, who had experience designing golf gloves and who was able to uh, do some design work. And he whipped up a couple of designs for us. And one of them was our, is what we call the tactile glove, which is the product we launched with. So um, it was marrying up those two, marrying up the design with, with the specific fabrics that we had called out. It's a lot. I mean, like, this is the thing. I don't think people understand is are is like clinch is not making like the glove that you've already are used to seeing like that's easy i mean it's not easy but it's like you can find a fact bazillion factories that make that glove right yeah yeah the crap shoot is like is it the right factory that's not like not a crap material is it gonna bleed through right when it comes to leather right or whatever fake leather but there's plenty of places to do that but essentially clinch is remaking the glove like it's not that glove. It's a completely different glove. So that's a whole process, right? Because you have to like, you're, you're starting from scratch because you're like, what's the material? What do we want it to do? It has to look good. It has to last, right? Absolutely. You know, the material is the core, is the core thing. You know, we had a number of like what we call minivations, like about, you know, how you take the glove on and off, whatever. But really the, the palm material is is the core of our product um, in terms of just it's, you know, it's got a little more stretch to it. So it retracts if it, um, it it's quick to dry. Um, it grips when it's wet. In fact, I prefer um, when it has a little moisture to it, I, f- I feel like it even it grips a little better and it's incredibly durable um, is, is the other thing, you know, it, it just doesn't wear out. And I say that, you know, of course it does wear out in time, but we um, you know, on average, 
you know, we, we say that it lasts, you know, typically two times as long as a leather glove, but really we have people using them time and time again. And, and, you know, in fact, we have a photographer friend that we work with who we had doing our sampling. So our original run before we were in, were in production and he's still playing with his original glove. So shut um, up for real. They are, they are. And this guy's a, this guy golfs all the time. So um, they are incredibly durable. Um, and then part of that, like what we call minivation is that unlike a leather glove, um, these are washable. So if you, you know, if, if they're getting old because of, um, you know, a little oil on them or, um, you know, they've, they've had encountered a lot of sweat, uh, you can pop them in the washer on a gentle cycle and air dry them and they really just come back to life. Um, so we got people, you know, playing, you know, dozens of rounds with them, um, before they, they need to be refreshed. Let's talk a little about the material. So like, how is this glove made? So like, what are the different pieces, I guess? Um, yeah, there's essentially three different materials. And if you click to that, that palm image, uh, yes, that here. one. So that's, that's sort of the core of the material that, that um, encapsulates all of the, like, that side of the hand. And that is... Sticky, like the sticky and the grip, the gripping and... Whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, that's got a little bit of stretch to it. Um, it... It's um, it's thinner than you might expect. You know, we we often get comments when people feel it that they say it feels thin, and I think that speaks to really their concern that it might not be as durable. But then that's you know after a round with it, that's pretty quickly. Um, You're like, bro, have you like not worn a leather golf glove? That thing's like paper thin. I mean, it's yeah, like, yeah. But um, so I, mean, this material, I look at it right now and I'm like, that looks a lot thicker. But it's interesting you're saying it's thinner or it looks yeah. it's not. That's cool. So this is, you know, this is really the core material that, um, you know, we we just tried different blends of and settled on the one that we think works best. But it, it uh, yeah, it grips when wet. It, it's got a little bit of stretch to it, so it'll retract. So it doesn't get that baggy feel that leather can get or pleather can get um, when it's yeah. on your hand. And it's, you know, it's, it's quick to dry, but it also it also does grip with wet. And then if you click to the image, maybe that gray image of the of the top of the glove, and I'll get to that image in a moment if you want to. Oh, you're here. Uh, to the back of hand material. So there's two separate materials on the, on the back of hand. So that, that's the palm, but you go, yeah, go to that one right there. The area around the Velcro tab there is like a stretchy mesh material. And so that allows for quite a bit of airflow, which assists with a quick dry also has some stretch to it. And then the area that you see with the, the, I guess the three fingers that aren't the index finger there that's really just like a, a spandex blend that has some stretch to it and just feels great. It's soft. It's soft. And we put that there just cause it, it, it feels great. You oftentimes you don't even feel like you're wearing a glove on that portion of your hand. Um, so like and this, then, so like this finger right here and then the, the palm of the glove is the same material, right? It's like, exactly. Uh, yeah. And that, that finger is, is the same material as the palm because if you think about how you grip um, your, you know, if you're a right-handed golfer, if you think about how you grip with your left hand, oftentimes that um, is, you know, fingers. Yeah, it's covered up, right? Yeah. That's it's yeah. like this, and then this part of the hand. But oftentimes, like touching. this part of your hand is in contact yeah. with the grip, so that's why that's made of that oh, yeah. material. The side of it is definitely for sure. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. Holden. And then this material here is like the more the moisture wicking and. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's really an airflow. Stuff. Like it's, it's mesh. Yeah. And, uh, so it's got oh, some stretch cool. to it. It does. It, it, um, it really helps with the airflow. So it's m much more breathable. Can I ask you a question. Yeah. Why? 
and I, I was wondering this, like what made you in terms of design, like why, why did you use this material instead of that material for the top part of the hand? Is there, I was wondering. Uh, the, so the met, I, I, the mesh is like kind of a design element that helps with airflow and breathability, but oh, I see. Um, we, we determined that it probably wouldn't feel great on, no. on the fingers on the backside of the fingers. And it, it doesn't have, it has stretch to it, but oh, it doesn't yeah. have as much stretch as the like this is soft and it feels right. Like so when you flex like, your hand, you know, yeah, it, the stretch doesn't that. impede your stretch at all. Cause it would probably feel weird, right? It was on your fingers and you'd be like, I can see that. Yeah. That's cool. It, it might, it, it might. So yeah, that's, that's really why. Like with this image here, like what is this? So we have, um, what you're looking at there, the, the black pattern is what's called a TPU overlay is a technical term, but, um, inside the glove, um, in the palm where gloves often wear first. Um, it's a little bit of reinforcement there. It's, it's printed on the interior of the glove. So, um, you don't, you don't notice it from the exterior and you actually don't feel it at all. Like if, if we didn't really bring it out, you put the glove on, you'd never feel it. It's not a particular, so this sensitive. is on the inside, like we were on the inside and, no and, it, and it does two things. Number one, it helps keep the glove snug on your hand. So oh, it, yeah. It's it's got a little bit of um, cool. anti-slip property to it, so it's like a rubberized. So it, it keeps your glove snug on your hand and, and retains the shape better. And then it also just adds another layer there for that's just the com most common area for a glove to wear out. So is this on um, all the fingertips or just certain ones? It's not on the fingertips. It's on the palm of the hand. I where, mean the palm. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's on the, like, it's on the palm like in this there. area, yep. right? Yep. Exactly. And that's on yeah. every finger? It's not on the fingertips. No, it's just on the, just right where it's pictured. Um, that's like a blow up image. It's on the inside of that palm. Oh, the palm of the finger. Oh, okay. My bad. Yeah. My bad. It's like in this area. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like right, right, right where you typically would wear a glove out. That's where it. Where yeah, it exactly. Oh, yeah. so does that also help with like just the wear as well? Because it does like more, that, like that will wear, it? that stuff will wear before the fabric wears. And so it's sort of a sacrificial, sacrificial Damn. product there. So that, that yeah. um, does help. It does help with glove wear. But again, like um, it's, it's super thin and like, just like as a tactile experience, you wouldn't, you wouldn't notice that it's there. Go back to the top of the, go back to the image of the glove um, from the back of the hand image, like showing the Velcro tab. Uh, the Velcro. Yeah, right there. So yeah, one other distinction yeah, any of the colors is fine. They're they're just different colorways. Um, the green one is great because do you see the on the Velcro it's tab? Do you see the 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 green kind of semicircle there? Yeah. What is that? So um, that that's an idea that Jason came up with. Um, so like in doing our research, we discovered that you know golfers tend to take their gloves on and off. Most golfers, many golfers, don't wear their gloves to putt. Um, yeah, exactly. Means yeah. they're taking on and off on every hole, which which you know between taking a break, doing something else, you, you're, you're taking your glove on and off sometimes like upwards of 25 times around. If, you know, if you think about it, like on an alarm car five, you know, you're walking on the fairway, you, some people just take the glove off. Like that is a, a rubberized tab that um, is like really distinct from the Velcro feel. Um, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a minor minivation, but it makes on and off really easy. Um, and we found like with, you know, brand X typical glove where the, where it's the same material that resides like the same leather that is on top of the other, like like leather, it can be hard, you know, at first to pull it off, not looking at it, they can be hard. Yeah. And we, and we, Jason had an experience once where the, 
he was tugging at it and the, the bottom portion of the Velcro came off of another brand of glove. And so we thought that having like an easy on off tab would, would oh, um, just, I mean, I've had it. two where you've like pulled on this. Like I've had this happen where you pull on the Velcro and it rips like the whole, yeah. like the whole assembly rips off the back of the glove. And you're like, Oh, there goes that glove. Yeah. No, that's exactly what we're, we're, what this is designed to avoid. And just to make it, you know, that much easier to take on and off. And get your, and also try to get your finger underneath there and just pull it off real quick instead of like trying to dig at the Velcro, right? Yeah. And like get it off. That's cool. So then when, so you launched when, 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 when did the site go live? Uh, May of 2022. Okay. So like a year ago. And then what, what was the original launch? How many colors did you go with? We had three. We didn't have the green color at that time. We had the gray, the black, and the blue. What is your most popular color? Gray is our most popular color, the gray and gray. Really interesting. So I guess one thing I noticed, so like you have six sizes really, right? Yeah. Um, extra small, small, medium, large, extra large, double XL. What made you decide not to have to go with like all the cadet sizes? There's like a bazillion yeah. of them, right? And there's yeah. like, that's one one thing I noticed too. Like I had other, I have a couple golf club companies on the show. And it's like, you know, it's like, this is the thing I think people don't understand either is like, there's like a billion sizes when it comes to golf clubs. Like, cause if you have all the cadets, you have all the normal and then you have, and then if you want to add kids and women, you just tripled it. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. that's really a hard decision. So like how, like how did you guys come up with like just having the sizes you have and why? Yeah. Well, the, the, you know, the very candid answer is that, um, you know, you want to live for, for taking a stab at initial inventory, having, yeah, you, you know, know is daunting. Well, um, yeah, exactly. The, right. You know, the other, the other part of it that's equally true is that our gloves, um, you, we, you know, a very common glove size is the ML size, which you notice that we don't have either. And it's really because our glove, every, all three elements of our glove, all three pieces of fabric have stretched to them. So, um, the reason you need a cadet sizing in a leather glove is that there's, there's no retractability there. There's no, in, there's no in between size. Yeah. 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 And, uh, our gloves have some stretch to them. I myself would, would be, I typically wore an ML glove in brand X's glove. Um, and I find myself, I can, I can wear both a medium and a large in the clinch glove and they both feel pretty comfortable. Um, there is a notable difference in the sizing, but, um, the, the stretch and retract properties, uh, you know, just allow us to have a, a smaller range of sizes. Um, and you know, Smart. you mentioned that you were, you had some, you know, dabblings in the glove business. So as you know, um, you know, the, you have these, you have these sizes and then you have the rights for the left-handed golfers and oh, I forgot about, the left hand, then you double it again. Yeah. Right. So you, you like double it again. So, triple, and left -hand, triple and then you so, got double it. Cause you have lefties so, too. So you're like medium, large, your medium, large, extra large left-hand gloves are 90% of what what we sell or 85% of what we sell. Um, like no you know, one buys extra small, small, double XL. And you got to like, yeah. if you, if you we, buy a hundred gloves, we do sell them, but like the, the distribution chart, you know, is a, it's a pretty steep bell curve. Um, so let me and, ask a generic question, right? So if you, yeah. let's just pretend not you guys, but like, let's say you have, you want to buy a hundred gloves, right? Like of whatever, how would you how would you uh, distribute the sizes based on a on a hundred glove order just based on yeah. what you know now of what people purchase? It would be something like large forty, extra large twenty, 
medium 25 and then you know xxl and small and x five and five yeah 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 one of as few as our factory let us order it's basically the answer (laughs) i was telling i was telling matt i was like dude like i had this horrible story like i'll never do gloves again because like the gloves i had i had bought they weren't bad and they're very inconsistent like some did this some didn't and i which one was what and like it looked good i spent all this time and money doing it but like you know the sizing sucks and then also like one i guess the other issue too we were trying to talk about on the show before the show is like like okay so like they have green green blue and and uh well i can't even see that on another screen black what colors you got in black and gray right but like because this material is not leather you don't have to worry about it bleeding right right like with a leather glove you have that it could happen yeah we've seen we get images of people uh who get, you know, some of those go like, you know, there's other brands that have come out with, you know, there's, it's more, more frequently on the market now. There's, there's colored golf gloves and they look cool. You know, I, I, I like some of them, but it look uh, really cool. I mean, bleeding, E4 you know, started bleeding, all that. Bleeding is uh, an issue with, with, you know, at least with some of them. And, uh, you know, the more, the more sweat or rain or condensation is a factor, the more that's likely to happen. What is going to so, happen every single time you play golf? It's not like, oh, it's, your hands not either. When is your hat, hand not going to sweat, right? Yeah. So, like in Arizona, my hand's going to sweat, but it's not going to rain, and it's vice versa where you live. So it's like it's always going to get wet. That's why it dries out. So it's yeah. like, yeah. Well, thank you. That's like a foundational principle of our company is that moisture is always present in the game. You know, people think it'll like never, oh, yeah, it'll never only need that for when it's raining, but it's it's not true. It's you know, there's always um, you're always getting wet in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I mean, two things I like about this. One, I like the way you did your clinch logo. I think it looks really cool. You know, the wording, the cursor looks really good. And also the logo is really cool. I've seen that logo before, though. Not saying you guys took it from somewhere, but like I've seen your logo somewhere. I know I've seen that. It looks so good job on marketing. How did you initially market clinch? Like, how did you get it out there? Yeah, so we have, you know, we're we launched and are still primarily um, a direct to consumer brand. Um, so we launched with a, with a website and a few dollars of advertising and a, uh, the help of a PR person, um, who's worked with some other golf brands that are, that are based here in, in town in Portland. Uh, you know, Jason and I went, you know, had, had a date that we're going live and we, you know, worked furiously to get our images and get our site together and get our advertising together. Um, and we, we did a, you know, sort of a soft launch and, you know, we're prepared. We had no idea what to be prepared for. And we had a, a a great first couple days, but uh, we were familiar, fulfilling orders primarily to Oregon and new England where we had a lot of connections. So it was, it was a lot of friends and family buying product in the early days. Um, But then we, um, you know, just got better and better at digital advertising, still a work in in progress there, but um, of course, Clinch has found its, you know, found its home online. Um, and, you know, we sell, sell to all 50 states sold, you know, um, we, we don't do any international marketing, but we've um, sold a bunch of gloves to all of the nations you think of that have golfing cultures like UK, Ireland, Australia, Korea, Japan. It's hard though too, um, right? I feel like with a brand like international, even outside of US, like you can go into Canada, like it's so much more expensive for yeah, we've been surprised, you know, you know right? yeah, or shipping, shipping to South Korea. And duties is, uh, and all that other crap. Yeah. yeah it's really like, certain. what do you do? That's a hard decision, right? I think for any brand, it's like, do we just stay lower 48 
or do we actually like go outside of our territory you know and then like how do you guys do that like if someone orders it from uh, a foreign country let's call it like do you just probably cost more for shipping and they have to pay their own import duties if they decide to buy it right yeah much. i mean they um you know we we our, our site is hosted on shopify which um adjusts the shipping costs for the consumer um and so they they pay the shipping and you know honestly some of the price tags that we've seen to ship something to you know japan for example it's pretty eye-popping that you know that we're, we're you know it's, it's more than the cost of the glove to get it there but people are willing to uh absorb it and try it out thankfully yeah that's the hard part i always feel it's so hard because like yeah we're, we're to, to, be, to be clear like our focus is domestic in the u.s right now oh yeah you know we're trying to build the brand here and then um if you know that's one time i had somebody order a bunch of stuff from me and from my, my my other shop and like the dude like it went to canada and then the dude was like oh the import duty is like a hundred dollars i'm like bro you bought like 50 effing towels like what do you expect like a hundred bucks like get over it and he's like well i'm gonna return it i was like uh okay you know so he would he was gonna so he rejected the order when it went because he even paid a hundred dollars in import duties well that wasn't part of the deal i'm like Dude, I told you the payroll and import duty taxes. Like, come on. Like, yeah. All right. So you're gonna return the entire order back to me. I was like, okay, whatever. That's cool. I don't know. I just feel like international is tough. I feel like, and I get yeah. hit a lot. Like, why aren't you shipping to wherever? I'm like, I don't want to deal with that. But let me tell you the most well. humorous international story I've had so far. So, some somehow, some way, the like Google My Business got linked to my home address, um, oh, which no. I probably did in the early days when I was setting it up, and. I live, you know, I live, you know, I live in the city of Portland, but in like a residential neighborhood. And so if you clicked on Google Maps, you'd see Clinch Golf pop up over my over It's like my your house. house. Yeah. Oh, no. And uh, I was I was out and about doing something one day and my wife tell, calls me and tells me that three Japanese guys knocked on the door. <laughs> and my wife really? they were like, Clinch Golf? <laughs> oh my God. So, um she wasn't quite sure what to do, so she she tried to give them my phone number, but I never actually connected with them. But <laughs> pretty it's crazy funny. they like came and saw you. Like that's yeah, nuts. Yeah. Maybe watch well, they want to be like your international distributor from Japan. Uh, you know, I may have missed a, a you know a massive a massive. You could be uh, like you could be like the most popular glove in Japan right now, but you're in a home. That's kidding. <laughs> Sorry. That's... So when like with your apparel stuff, like when did you guys start doing apparel around the same time? like your hats and your shirts. Yeah. Like yeah. We, you know, we launched like to this day, like our focus is on the glove. That's of that's course, but you know, we wanted to have some gear. And so we, you know, uh, whipped up some hats and some hoodies and some t-shirts and we've got, you know, ball marks and tees and, you know, all the, all the swag. And, you know, I, uh, I, I like a lot of it. The hats are cool. Um, that's the cool. Hoodies, yeah, I agree. Hoodies really nice, but you know, in there are, there are like discussions about where we might go next with the brand. Um, but those are really accessories and the core of what we do is really built around the glove. That's like, that's, that's, that's what we stand for. No, I think that's really cool. So then are you only on the site on your site right now? Are you trying to get in big box retailers or are you trying to get on Amazon or what are you doing? Yeah. So pretty much on the site now we have a couple of shop local shops that carry our gloves. We've had, like a fantastic experience where they've, you know, we keep on restocking them and restocking them and restocking them. Um, cool. We've got, I'll give a shout out to, there's a organization called Northwest golf guys here. 
um, that we become friends with, they run amateur golf tournaments throughout like Portland, Seattle, and California. The prize money you get from these tournaments gets spent on their site. So they, they sell our product. So that's another way to go to market. And we are in, we have just recently signed a uh, sales rep who's going to get our, our product into, he, he has like a Pacific Northwest territory. And so he's going to, he's on the road right now. Um, you know, he reps a bunch of other cool brands and we're on his roster right now. So we expect that by spring of 24, we'll be in um, a number of shops in this area. And then, um, you know, we're, Quite frankly, we're a we're a self-funded bootstrapped organization, so we're gonna take a staggered approach to going national. Oh no, yeah. Earlier, you only spend yeah, you only spend what you have, right? It's not like you just go crazy on it. Yeah. Um, have you considered uh, Amazon or no? We have, we have, and we'll probably we'll probably get there. Um, We have we have plans around it, but we're not there yet. Um, It's you know, it's as you know. It's got pros and cons, um, pros being it's the largest marketplace the world has ever known. Um, um, Their largest but, search engine. Yeah, but we take take some of the control away of um, the customer interaction. And, you know, yeah. right now we're we're super close to our customer when they when you order from clinchgolf.com, like we try to treat the client right. Like we, you know, we oftentimes send a handwritten note. We throw some teas in there and we like Extra stuff. Yeah. Stuff. You're excited. Yeah. You're like, thank you for buying my yeah. product. Like, thank you. Yeah. It's your like, baby. Right. Like yeah. you're just like, you Hey, thank you. Questions or comments, you know, you know, contact us, me or Jason directly. And so, um, going to Amazon, you know, remove some of that from our, our control, but you know, we're also doing, you know, frankly that we are, the, the goal is to create a viable business out of this. So, um, we probably will get there, but we're just trying to do it in a thoughtful approach. Yeah. It's a whole other beast too i mean you have to learn it right it's not like you just do it like i have a couple of my friends are on amazon and uh they're extremely successful at it when it comes to golf but it's like i mean it it takes years to figure it out right and and the cost to it like i mean i don't know see yours is 25 bucks for a glove like you're probably spending i'm probably gonna get eight dollars out of that amazon would on every sale just like off the top so it's like now you're down to 17. So you have to do the math backwards. So it's like, it's this weird balance. I mean, it's nice to have FBA and it's like on automatic and whatever like that. But yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting too, because I think like you're, you're a new product. It's not like you're just selling another glove like everybody else. It's like, it's, I don't know. There's definitely pros and cons when it comes to Amazon. Um, sure. So what do you guys have in store for the rest of the year? Like what's going on with you guys till the end of, the end of this year? Yeah. Um, so the retail rollout is taking up a bunch of our attention right now. And we've got a couple of exciting um, brand collaborations that um, I need to stay moot on who we're, we're working with. But um, one of them should launch by the holiday season and one of them will launch next spring. And uh, that's awesome. Um, I'm excited. To, I'll be excited to share that information when we uh, we're free to do so. But um, it's going to be pretty cool. So we're excited. So are you doing this full time? So like yeah. it's your full-time gig now? Like it's yep. not, you're not doing the banking stuff, right? So like, what about Jason? Is he doing it full-time or is he still working as a, with his stuff? Yeah, no, uh, Jason uh, does have another gig uh, working for another, you know, mostly direct-to-consumer um, company called Kane Footwear. Uh, and Kane is a, like an athletic, they call it a recovery performance shoe. Um, and so he is 
kind of splitting his attention, but um, you know, we're putting a lot of effort into clinch. Oh, that's cool. These shoes are sick. It's like it's like Kane's going after uh, Crocs, kind of, but it looks like a lot cooler shoe than a Croc. That's cool. Yeah, it's like it's good that you can focus. Like, it's the perfect pair, right? Because you can focus full time on it, and then like that. I have a buddy, another brand, very popular now, but they like do the same thing. Like one guy was an engineer, and uh, he kept on doing it while his other partner worked on the brand full time. And then after a couple of years, when they got really ramped up and going then he was able to leave his job too because it was like they're going like gangbusters, but it's really cool. You're able to do that. So where can people find clinch? Uh, best place to go is clinchgolf.com. C L I N C H golf.com. That's cool. I mean, this glove looks really cool. I mean, I haven't yeah. tested it out. I mean, I am looking at it right now with you guys and it, it looks cool. It's smart, very smart idea. I mean, when's the last time a golf glove was re you know, redesigned. Yeah. Like, no, that know. was, Paul, that's like one of the, you know, the, the things that we, when we talk to people about the glove that we harken back to is that like everything in golf has been innovated on, you know, like think about the ball, the clubs that we use, the shoes, you know, are, are notably different than they were 10, 20, 30 years ago. The clothes that we wear are different, you know, the performance element of it and the glove, you know, and sure there's like some cool new designs, like people dye in purple, but it's the same old glove, like, and you know, the idea is just that leather is just kind of a, at one point it was the best gripping material we had, but it's, it's uh, sort of antiquated now. And uh, we're, we're pretty convinced that, that we're, we've landed on the right product. It's very interesting you're saying that too, because I didn't think about that either. Like, and you're right. It's like the glove has not been reinvented at all. I mean, that I've seen at least it's like, I mean, reinvention could be like what different color or they sew some stuff on the sides of it or, you know, but that's it's still the same, yeah. same product, same base yeah. product. So, I mean, it's really cool that you guys are doing this and that you're, you're actually, you designed a new style in way of using a golf club that was already, that was not around at the time. So that's, that's really, that's really cool. Well, I also say thank you for being on the show today. Um, you guys, this is a really cool glove. Like, honestly, I can't wait to get my hands on it. Check it out. Um, I mean, like we were saying before, my hands get totally sweaty. I play golf here. I probably go through a glove, I don't know, after about four or five rounds, and then it's trashed. So, I mean, to have something you can, like, wash and reuse. And you know, the other thing, too, we were saying earlier with the in-between size, like, I'm a medium in some golf, golf glove brands, but I'm a large in others. So, it's, like, really inconsistent. So, being able to, like, not have to worry about that and just be like, okay, well they'll, they'll fit. Both will fit. One might be a little bit, little bit looser or a little bit tighter, but it's they're both are going to fit. And that doesn't happen with normal gloves. So I think there's a lot of really cool selling points here with, with the glove. Yeah. Thanks. I, I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for so much for being on the show. Um, if you guys want to check out clinch, please check out his website, clinch golf. It, I mean, I think you guys need to check it out because this is really cool. And uh, I will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for listening to another episode of Behind the Golf Brand Podcast. You're going to beat me? A golf? Stay connected on and off the show by visiting golfersauthority.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a comment. Golf is always more fun when you win. Stay out of the beach and see you on the green. green. <laughs>